0: the information on how the user feels mm-hmm. in this situation so if you have defined how to write an error message so the user probably is scared they've done something wrong they're upset so you won't use words like uh, fatal error or danger or a huge amount of exclamation points right you try to calm them down
1: we use the term tone of voice a lot but have you ever thought what is the difference between voice and tone you can think of it like you always have the same voice but your tone can change so your tone when you are speaking with your loved one in a romantic situation will be very different than your tone when you are speaking with your manager in a meeting and this doesn't apply only to verbal communication but also to written communication and the tone of your voice, of your brand, can affect how your audience interact with your products. That's what we're speaking about today. Lenka Stvarcik, thank you for coming here to Broad Marketing Meetup. I would like to start this episode with what we want to achieve at the end of it, which is creating a brand tone of voice manual why should any startup create such a manual
0: okay um thank you for having me um i think having a toned and voice manual is important because you will Talk to your customers. Um, any any employee of yours, either a salesperson or the person who writes all the copy that you have in your company, would write in some way, would talk in some way, and it's always good that they are cohesive. That the brand comes out as a cohesive brand, then you can trust because when brand talks um, in one area, somehow has certain um, use the words, of a certain tone and voice, but in, in another area, they talk completely different. They're very formal in this area and very informal or funny in, in the second area. Uh, the user and the client might be confused and they lose trust in your brand. They lose trust in your product and they actually expect you to talk to them as you would in person but if you are um, not able to fulfill this task uh, they just leave they, they feel confused they're scared and they're not comfortable uh, using your products so they're not comfortable interacting with your brand
1: when do you think in a startup stage should we start focusing on creating this kind of manual should it should be that from the from day one that you create that manual or when do you think that would be the best time to start working on that.
0: I think it varies on how many person how many people will actually talk in behalf of your brand. If you're just a solo person and you, you do all by yourself, you certainly have like one voice, one tone, the set of words that you use. And it's fine that you just have it in your head and you talk to your users and customers like the same way. But as you start to grow and as you as like maybe you have first marketing hire, it's It's really easier to create something to pick up your brain (laughs) and put it on a piece of paper and talk with the people that comes to the company and create this set of rules or guidance for every newcomer who would be talking on behalf of your brand. Because once you grow too much and you're not able to onboard everybody by yourself, so you're not able to talk to them personally... um, they just tend to get lost. They tend to, uh, I don't know, have, have <laughs> this flexibility, yeah. and and you don't want that. So yeah. I think like when you first a new marketing hire comes in, I would just sit with them and create the set of rules. Especially if you're expecting your startup to grow very fast, mm-hmm. then might be too like what's mm-hmm. your twenty twenty um, headcount.
1: Yeah. Who do you think should be the owner of this project? Should that be the head of marketing? Or if we have uh, like a head of brand, should that be the head of brand? Or um, again, if we had head of content or head of copywriting, should be the head of the copywriting? Because like it touches all of these rules. Yeah. Who do you think would be the best owner of this project?
0: When company creates a brand or brand guidelines, a lot of them only think about like the visual part, but it's only a half of it. The brand actually... Consists of like the visual part, the, the visual identity, and also your voice and tone um, identity. And altogether, this means uh, this is your brand or brand essence, uh, what I call it. And I think like if you have um, a brand marketer or a brand owner of uh, of your brand, he should be or she should be uh, the owner and taking care that everybody is on board, everybody is uh, aware of uh, of the of the guide and uh everybody is happy happy to talk like that Mm -hmm. because if they're not um in sync this uh, might mean that they also get a little bit uh, flexible here and there and you don't want
1: that that's what we'll be doing today diving deep into how can we create this unified manual but at the beginning let me thank you for uh for coming here link as far check you have been working in marketing for more than uh 10 years holding different positions right now you are a mentor at hulk Marketingo. marketing uh, you are also consulting multiple b2b companies for branding and for ux copy uh, you have a family you have a nice little daughter uh, how are you managing all of that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, not great at the moment but um, I'm doing my best. I mean, my my biggest supporter is my husband who also works for a startup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recently started. So we're trying to uh, hustle as, as much as we can and he's a UX designer so uh, we get to even work on a couple of projects together or he's my uh, guidance when it comes to UX um, and he's switched with me on the maternity leave for a year mm-hmm. which was awesome and nice. yeah i just love uh, the the partnership that we have uh, in order to uh, so everybody want uh, each of us won't stop their career and just support each other so everybody can like move uh move at their pace and uh, not neglect our daughter at the same time but it's a hustle all
1: right so let's jump right in so we would like to create A tone voice manual for our SaaS product. What should be the first step?
0: The first step. If you are decided that you really need this, uh, I would question if you really if you really need it. But if you are in the space that we talked about, it might be a good idea. Um, Then. We should. You can do this, this by yourself, like in house, or you can invite uh, a large agency, which I wouldn't recommend. But you might want to do this in house, like with a consultant, or even by your own, uh, if you have uh, skilled enough people uh, in, in your team, or maybe invite somebody to facilitate. And uh, the first step would be to have a look uh, on the situations. Uh, where it didn't just click, where something seems off. Mm-hmm. And I suggest you have a list of these situations where somebody talked or wrote something that wasn't in sync with the brand and you have like a, this, this amount of um, research on your, uh, on your own uh, site and then conduct uh, another research of uh, your users, your clients, get to know them, how they talk listen to them like extensively listen to your sales team and then uh, create a couple of workshops. This shouldn't take more like than like two or three weeks. It's quite short process I mm. think brands usually think that this may, may take months uh, but it's quite short mm. because once um, you put uh, everybody on the table and you talk about it then it's quite uh, quite uh, easy to understand. Uh, internally, mm-hmm. how the people think. Externally, what their clients say. Uh, you don't need to even uh, like talk one to one to. Um, like many clients. Not, it's not possible always to talk mm-hmm. to clients. So there are like techniques and uh, sources where you can get that knowledge. Put it on a on a table uh, on a piece of paper and then dig into it mm-hmm. and uh, start crafting um, the tone and voice manual like piece by piece, uh, taking uh, the phrases that your users use, um, taking the arguments that worked on your sales team, uh, taking the messages that you are putting out there and they work or don't work and why they don't. So analy- uh, mm-hmm. analyze uh, what you have.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned multiple points here where uh, which I would like to break down a little bit. The first was getting everyone on the table. Which stakeholders do you think should be involved in that project?
0: Mm-hmm. I would just say that it's very important to get stakeholders for like most of the departments of the company in the beginning because it's not a wise idea to just come up with a voice and tone uh, manual in the end and just put it on the on the table and say okay this is your uh, your uh, guidance now and you're gonna stick to it not everybody would be happy to oblige uh, and it's really easy to incorporate those people from the company because everybody will have their idea so have their uh, representative of your sales team have their definitely have their somebody for com- customers uh, customer care or customer success if you have that department is a wise idea as well product people very important because um tone of voice really uh, sets the rules when you talk to like many people it's not one one-to-one it's like you're product or um, your customer sales ser- um, customer success representative well, talking to many people right so one to many mm-hmm. and everybody who is in that role should be sitting on the table so, product people, customer success, customer care, sales people, and marketing, of course. And if you have somebody there for like a management, I would suggest that too, like top management, uh, maybe VP of marketing, uh, VP of product. Um, it's really good. And then I tend to get there somebody from, from like developers as well, mm-hmm. because they have their own um, language and it's they necessarily don't come up with ideas how the tone and voice should be but they it's valuable for them to listen to everybody else on the table and they also have a couple of ideas on like the uh how to execute it mm-hmm. how how um how this will translate into the product design of course um ux designer if you have them should uh, sit on uh, on the table as well yeah. so like, like a mixture of people 10 people tops Mm -hmm. I would say (laughs) so for me like when I have those workshops 10 people tops is uh, like manageable Mm -hmm. Uh, after that I would just split it into more groups but I try to keep it on one table so Mm -hmm. everybody can hear everybody else yeah if you just sorry if you just talk to one-on-one it's not the same discussion it
1: makes sense and how do you usually run this workshop so what kind of questions do you ask them to start the conversation
0: I, I try to first like uh, explain what it means I tell them that if you talk to um, if you text, a message to your loved one uh, to your spouse and then you just take uh, the phone and give it to your older brother or a very younger brother and they talk start uh, texting on your behalf they would the uh, the your phone would seem a little bit off and this is like how i explained what's important to have like a cohesive tone and voice branding um and guidelines and then we start to talk about how they see their brand. If they can tell tell me if their brand would be a person, how would they look like? How would they um, talk? Uh, like how would about what they will talk about? Is it a distinguished uh, man? Is it a goofy dude? I don't know. <laughs> and everybody uh, starts talking, and it's really uh, and it's really fun, like exercise to um, try to um, impersonate this uh, this brand into it into a person and then uh, once we have this we have like a couple more exercises with like two two workshops we talk about the person and personality of the brand uh, the sense um, the the level of humor that we should use or shouldn't use some brands even have like a swear words uh, is there a safe place for a brand isn't it um so so we have like these uh, personality uh, work, workshops and exercises uh, we also then have like a list of uh, words that we use or that I, our users use because you don't want to sound just like yourself you want to talk like your users talk mm-hmm. not just like you talk in your company and you're like glass boxes here yeah. you have to you have to reflect on how your users talk but you also want to differentiate yourself from mm-hmm. from the other brands uh, yeah. on the on the same field
1: definitely uh, we did that the exercise here at data do and one thing that we wanted to do and actually the management insisted on They said no we want everyone in the company to have a voice on that but i just said like it's if you have more than 10 people in the room it's not going to be manageable so what we did actually we just created like uh, a survey a google form and just okay send everyone in the company hey we would like you to vote and write all your notes all your ideas and then we had the workshop that people who were working uh, on the project like six seven people and we had three four different workshops discussing all the ideas that everyone chipped in mm. and i think it was it was very insightful how you see different people in the company think about the brand in a totally different way mm. like luckily like the majority like 70 percent of them agreed on um uh, on some ideas but at the same time you can see no like people have a very different idea about the brand which is a problem like no you need the whole company that agree okay this is our brand we know what our values we know the character of the brand we know the tone of voice of our uh, of our brand so it was definitely a very insightful project let's say yeah. um, so my next my next question will be about is speaking to the customer which is definitely a very important uh, task here how do you go about that so how many customers do you think is appropriate to speak to and how does the conversation go like
0: as I said before uh, when you are in B2B field and um, SaaS for, for uh, my example mostly uh, SaaS companies It's very hard to meet some of the clients one-on-one or try to talk to them as an externist, especially. So I'm trying to sit with sales team Mm -hmm. and listen to their calls. (laughs) But I always... To get the permission but i'm trying to get on their calls i'm trying to hear uh from the customer care team what issues they were solving and also to listen to co, maybe call, even co-lead some of those uh some of those calls i'm trying to uh, dig into whatever documentations or transcripts of interviews with their clients or qualitative research the company has and I'm also um, talking to UX design team or maybe even see like how their user research is going and if you still don't have like enough information and you're not able to meet the clients go to Facebook groups where they meet when they talk and like observe what they talk about what words they use what phrases they use i mean there are like 1 billion people uh visiting facebook groups every day Mm -hmm. so there must be a group (laughs) for your (laughs) for your niche and if there's not just create one and i know people will come and and discuss so try to not only like listen to like five clients which is which is okay and which is great if you can uh, sit with 5 or 10 clients 10 tops i don't think you will get uh, the idea even if you just talk to 5 or even prospects it doesn't have to be a client if it's if it's uh, hard to reach you can just find uh, among your um, your uh, your community 5 people 5 prospects and just sit with them talk with them and and listen listening is way way <laughs> more important in this than just talking
1: i very much agree with that it's usually quite difficult to get the customer to speak with you uh and from from experience just as you said just sitting on the sales calls of course with the permission and just sitting there passively just listening and taking notes it gives you a lot of information uh about about the target audience that you are creating the content for and that you are marketing to so it's definitely one advice i will highly recommend to anyone just sitting in sales calls it's very very beneficial just
0: shut up and listen
1: yeah yeah for for this manual tone of voice manual what do you have in there what do you need to put on that paper i assume it's gonna be a a digital paper but what do you need to have there
0: Uh, as you said before i would start with um, the values Maybe uh, you know that Golden Circle exercise that uh, Simon Sinek, uh, it's very very old, I think, it's like 10 or 15 years old uh, scheme, but... I think it makes sense to just sit with uh, and start with that. So have your value values there, and make sure everybody is on board with them. Everybody appreciates it and lives it in the in the company, and everybody's at least okay <laughs> with those values. So visualize the values, talk about the values why you have it there, and how this translate into into the voice of the brand. Also, I would have like um, um, the personality. Um, defined like sense of humor sense of formality um the amount of text the pace that you also use um and the toolbox of the words as well uh that um, i know that some brands and some companies even have like very extensive uh toolbox with words they use a they don't use um especially when you really needs to be very need to be very credible as like um banking institutions and stuff like that. They they have defined how they write time, how they write currency, mm-hmm. um, what words they don't use, so they don't scare people, and um, like very extensive, uh, very extensive uh, tone of voice uh, manuals. And I think it makes sense when you're really like um, on like a, uh, when it's hard to. Persuade your customer and, and there's a, when you work on a field that really cre- needs a lot of trust from the customer so they give you their uh, right. they banking info or maybe telco companies as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, like if I would give an example about tone of voice manual, I have like two examples that I really like which are MailChimp <laughs> and Duolingo. <laughs> both of them has their brand manuals and Tony voice publicly uh, on their uh, on their website. And you need to like it's not like it's not easy to access if you google it you're gonna find it right away. but as you said, it's very extensive with very detailed examples say hey, you should not use this Instead, use that and explaining how to articulate these theories this example. So yeah we have our tone of voice sounds let's say, humor what kind of humor like i, I remember Melchim, they call it like we have we have dry humor I, I, if if i remember correctly and then they okay like what does this mean in in well, specific like, examples yeah. exactly
0: and i think what's um, nice and what's amazing about MailChimp or the it's called voiceandtone.com mm-hmm. i think and what they created is they have like all these pieces of copy and how the tone of voice translate in these pieces of copy and they also have for each piece um the information on how the user feels mm-hmm. in this situation. Mm-hmm. So if you have defined how to write an error message, you say okay so the user probably scared they done something wrong they're upset and they mm-hmm. feel this and this and that so you want uh use words like uh, fatal error or danger or a huge amount of exclamation points right you try to calm them down mm-hmm. and this what the the message should be and it's just um, it's an example you don't have to uh copy the same message for every like error message in in your product but it's a good example and always they are always thinking about. About how the user feels mm-hmm. in that situation if they're happy it's a success message you can even um, Put there a little bit of humor, but you don't make fun of them when mm-hmm. they when there's an even uh, error on your your side Not even like their fault.
1: This is one mistake that we do a lot when speaking about microcubby like cubby for the product that we try to be as informative as we can but we forget about the emotion of the user uh, as you explained so again if you are speaking with your friend and your friend is very sad about a situation that happened with them your tone will be different than if they just won the lottery right so you have to apply the same for your customer you need to understand what are their feelings when they are taking that action on the product and change the tone accordingly to who should be using and following this tone of voice manual like do you think the sales team for example should take that manual and be following it the customer support team do you think this is important or is just only for the product and marketing messaging
0: mm-hmm. originally tone of voice manuals usually is just for for the written content everywhere okay. product website social so anybody who is speaking on behalf of your brand online should follow this. The question is on the, on the sales team, as I said before, you should include them into creating tone tone voice manuals. So it should really be quite similar to how they talk to their customers. And I mean, yeah, we, we do this based on how our clients and how our users talk. So it's, it's um, important for them to know of it. But they shouldn't like stick to it um, very strictly because they talk one on one, Mm -hmm. and when you talk one on one, the beauty of sales team is that they know the client. They know uh, if they're funny or what if if they're happy with uh, our solution or if there's something like the (laughs) if they're questioning the retention Mm -hmm. with uh, with our tool or with with our software, and they they are um, the the magician of the words at the situation mm-hmm. so I think it's it's good that they are aware but um, I wouldn't force them to follow every rule that you have them I would just give them free hand of um, how they talk to their clients because they are they don't know them don't them, like well they know them the best
1: in which parts of the product you see a great um, a great value and a great difference when you actually apply this tone of voice
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is that like every piece of text that comes up should have its purpose, mm-hmm. and you should know what words you used and why, and how did they how did they translate into like uh, shaping the feeling of the of the client, how they talk to the client, especially like every piece of microcopy, call to action, and you should like just focus on the action that the user is is doing at the moment. Think about what they do if what you want them to do <laughs> and help them mm. so so anywhere uh, that you talk to users and not only in product but as, as i said you should be cohesive among newsletters um even like invite for your event anywhere mm. but product is very essential since they are in the ecosystem and try they are trying to navigate often very complex products and it's very hard so like microcopy is essential to I don't know. Not not um, not having a different name for the same action among different parts of your product. Sometimes when you have a booking system and you say reservations on one part of the product, but elsewhere you say bookings, mm-hmm. and it's not cohesive, and the and the user might might be very easily like um, distracted and confused. What you really want them to do and how to navigate.
1: Do you have some? examples from from your experience with some of the micro copies that you change it change it based on uh on the tone of voice
0: i've worked with a with with a couple a couple of uh softwares and we dived in to the to the product and tried to fix everything so uh, for example as i said like non-cohesive names of each of the same actions we uh, use for example like hojar or um, other analytics systems and we see like where people get stuck what they or if you have a list of like what doesn't work for the client or for the users where they get stuck or confused then you like jump into that part and so maybe even we created like a set of new onboarding emails which was great uh we had like a stream that didn't really like follow the user journey but then we we saw that there's a hiccup here and they just get stuck here and there and just uh fixed it in the product and then we came came further we fixed the onboarding streak then we, we we fixed like the newsletter so it doesn't have to be everything like at once, but I would start with the product, start with like the, the clients and the users they already have, mm-hmm. and then you like go up there for like the acquisition onboarding uh, materials, acquisition materials, and, and like from that you can just roll roll it out. But the core is the
1: product. How often do you think we should be updating such manual?
0: Well, every time it doesn't work, <laughs> like revisit it uh, here and there and check with the stakeholders if it still stands uh, i mean you will find out it, if it doesn't stand but usually when there is an expansion to new market when new 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 set of users or a new niche you're trying to target and this tone and voice manual wouldn't just work in that culture in that field so this is something that you need to think about. So expansions, uh, a new product they want to introduce for like a new audience, maybe younger audience of, I don't know, if you have, if you already have a product that's just for startups and then you're trying to reach enterprise companies, another event that you might think about refreshing your tone and voice manual. And... Uh, you know, like from my experience, every like two or three years is a good time to at least have a look and um, discuss among the, the original team if uh, it still works and if maybe the set of words has changed that the users use or the clients, uh, the climate has changed uh, mm-hmm. and you want to uh, maybe up, update it a little bit at least.
1: So how do you evaluate the effectiveness of curating such manual? are there some specific metrics or reports that you look at
0: whenever you can say like the people have like smoother experience or they appreciate your brand so engagement rates uh, number of calls to customer care uh, even like higher conversion rates Mm with if if you talk about like conversion websites retention rate would be like when when you because sometimes you, you just buy a, um, a software for a year and your adaption is not that great you just mm-hmm. you just use like one or two features and then you say okay this is very complex and we just uh, we just use this few feature and we can have this free elsewhere so why if we should uh, you know renew our contract and like the, the adaption of products um tone voice manuals like, helping hand huge helping hand uh, along with the good microcopy so retention definitely retention rate
1: would be yeah that definitely makes sense i think that was one of our main goals is actually to reduce the number of tickets that we get to the customer yeah. uh, support team and uh that was about understanding what actually the user is trying to achieve on that specific step yeah. and then updating the cubby not just the the, the, the the words that are there but just understanding again the emotion of the user and updating our cubby and the tone of our cubby to help them to as we say self-serve yeah. themselves and they don't actually have to contact the customer support for some minor issue which they can uh, solve mm-hmm. by themselves all right uh, do you have any final tips or um, mistakes that you, you have done in the best and recommend to people so they don't fall in the same mistakes
0: oh, as I said before don't just create as a marketer and just create your tone of voice somewhere hidden and just come come up with it um in the very end and just put it on a on a table and say, Hey, I've created a new tone and voice manual, here it is, everybody just adopts adopt it now. So a huge mistake to just do that yeah. or just maybe even like hiring some external agency who doesn't get it that they need to talk to the stakeholders within the company and they also need to see some of your users and clients and talk to them so I'm um, listening really listening is more than talking in this in this area
1: lenka sfarcik thank you very much for being here and hopefully we can host you again to learn more from your experience maybe in UX writing which you have a lot of experience thank you very much